My name's Lance Johnson. I myself have a visual impairment called retinitis pigmentosa. I'm not legally blind yet, but I'm headed in that direction. Bit, a bit of a head fuck. I'm a freelance video editor. You know, some days I'll wake up and I'll be like, you know, I'll forget I even have RP. People get pissed off so quickly. They expect us all to be miserable. Everyone's got somewhere to be. We got, I got to be there yesterday. I haven't got time for you. The disability community is pretty, pretty woke. When I really started to pull into that, like, confident Charlie was literally once I got with my partner and we had that, like, stability. Masculinity to me is stability. That's fucking stupid. Today's guest, Lance Johnson, is a freelance video editor, podcaster, and also just so happens to have retinitis pigmentosa. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode. It was great to sit down with Lance to particularly discuss being visually impaired and also some of the difficulties when it comes to disability and masculinity. I really do hope you enjoy this episode. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to the Not Quite Podcast. I'm Charlie Randall. Let's get ready to rewrite the rule book. Welcome back to the Not Quite Pod. Today we've got Lance with us. Lance, do you want to just quickly introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are, what you do, and a bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah. My name's Lance Johnson, and I host a podcast called The See Through Podcast. And I've been doing it almost three years, and it's kind of like your podcast where I talk to people with you know, disabilities, um, and just have really fun, you know, interesting, casual conversations with them. Um, I myself have a visual impairment called retinitis pigmentosa, which affects like my peripheral vision first. So it's like my vision's kind of closing in, you know, from the outside in, you know, kind of creating like a tunnel vision. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what I'm dealing with. Cause, uh, I'm not, legally blind yet but i'm headed in that direction you know there's no stopping it um so that's kind of my perspective as a host and what i like to talk about is like you know how should i adapt how should i what what should i learn you know before i'm there you know and and kind of how do i change my mentality because it's kind of a dark cloud ahead you know to think about oh i'm losing my vision so how do i learn to process that so that's kind of where my podcast kind of comes in in my conversations you know yeah that must be a real like head for one of a bit of a bit a bit of a head fuck because it's like yeah you've just got this thing that you know is coming but you don't know when it's going to come and that must that must be really hard yeah it it's it <laughs> that's the perfect word to describe it as a head fuck you know um because my moods will change around it. You know, one day I'll be like, oh man, RP is nothing. Oh, by the way, RP is uh, short for retinitis pigmentosa. So I'm actually wearing a shirt. So, um, merch Shout plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, RP, you know, you know, some days I'll wake up and I'll be like, you know, I'll forget I even have RP, you know, and then, yeah. and then sometimes I'll just be working, you know, I'm a video editor. Um, and I, I live here in New York city and I'm a freelance video editor and I, you know, work with, you know, uh, some big podcasts and some edits. And I also work for Paramount and some content for them. And since my career is so visual, that's probably the most I think about it is when I'm working. Cause I'm like, how long can I have this career? You know, where's my future money going to come from? Yeah. And then, and then you also got to throw in other questions like, like for, for example, like I can't drive, 
because I, I don't have a driver's license um, for visual reasons. So it makes me limited to, you know, where I can go and down to where I even live. Um, and uh, yeah, so it just kind of throws a wrench into every little thing of my life. Um, some things more than others, but yeah, it can mess with me. <laughs> I bet. Have you thought about anything in terms of, because um, as you say, your job's quite graphic. Um, have you thought about where you might want to turn once that happens, if that makes sense? Oh, yeah. If I'm like going to pivot into some sort of new career, I've, I've thought about that. You know, ideally, like in a dream world, you know, like, you know, my dream is to be, you know, full time with, you know, my podcast, you know, because I feel like, I just love the idea of controlling my schedule and, and, you know, podcast episodes can be audio. I do video with my episodes as well as audio, but it's like, you know, I, I feel pretty confident that I'll be able to adapt. Like, let's say I just have like a little tiny window of vision. Mm -hmm. Like I still feel like I'll be able to edit, you know, and that's kind of why I am an editor because, you know, not too long ago, maybe not even five years ago, you know, I was, you know, working for, you know, a software company in North Carolina where I was a videographer and editor. So I used to be, you know, behind the camera a lot more. And I basically quit that and just focused on editing because I felt like I had more of a long-term career with it. Mad, uh, as I say, you yeah. seem to have such a journey already. Like that's that's crazy. So, what was um like? What was growing up like for you? Um, when was like diagnosis? What was that journey like? Yeah, so I was diagnosed when I was like twelve. Um, my mom has RP, and ah, okay. it's a yeah. So it's an inherited uh, retinal eye disease, and it's degenerative. Just means it gets worse over time. Um. Uh, so it's like when I was, when I was diagnosed, when I was 12, I, I was too young to kind of for it to like make sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, and the only reason they caught it was because they were specifically looking for it because my mom had it. Yeah. So they, they found it and they're like, yeah, your son has RP. And my mom like was really upset and then like made her cry. Cause she felt guilty. Cause you know, she yep. had passed it down to me and she, and she was you know, obviously in a full, full blown adult. Uh, so she knows and knew, you know, what I would be facing you yeah. know, down the road. Uh, but as a kid, I was really naive. And I, I basically, from that point on, like I knew I had it, but I didn't really experience symptoms till like my early twenties. So like my childhood was like, basically I'll call it like basically I had a fully sighted like childhood and college yeah. career. Like I drove, you know, um, a car and or I had a truck and you know, I grew up in North Carolina. I had a pickup truck, you know, yep. <laughs> and I went to college and drove through college and, and drove up till I was, you know, 27. And I hung up the keys when I moved up here to New York city, you know, so I could take, you know, public transit going back to what I said at first, like, you know, how RP kind of dictates a lot of, you know, decisions I make. But yeah, growing up, it was weird because it's like I knew I had this thing. So I would push it for the longest time. I just kind of suppressed it and didn't think about it yeah. um, and, and avoided it. And anytime I would have like a thought of RP pop into my head, I would just kind of like change the channel really fast. 
Um, and it wasn't until like I was starting to experience symptoms where I was like, I couldn't really suppress it anymore because like yeah. I was just like not seeing things, you know, people would shake their, stick their hands out. They'll like shake my hand and I just wouldn't see their, see them do that motion. Yeah. And then they would get like pissed off at me and like think I'm an asshole. Um, so it's like at a certain point, you know, I had to basically own up to it and start telling my employers. Cause even the employers I was working with, I would I would never tell them like I had RP in my interviews or anything like that. Uh, so I had this big coming out moment, as I like to say, and I kind of, you know, when I was 27 and I announced I had retinitis pigmentosa and what it was and that I was moving to New York city and then, um, moved up here in New York city and had a lot of great things happen with my career. I'm, I'm doing really well up here. Um, but I still have that, that thought in the, you know, back of my mind, like how long yeah. can I do this? You know? And that's kind of why I started my podcast. Cause I started my podcast in 2020 and I wanted to kind of ride that wave of being open yeah. and I wanted to learn from others who had, who were already doing like what I, what I'm going to have to do, you know, like, yeah. so I'll straight up talk to someone who already is legally blind or maybe completely blind, you know, um, or, you know, someone with cerebral palsy or some sort of muscular dystrophy and how have they adapted like mentally, you know, so it's basically, I, it's, it's, my podcast helps others, but it's pretty selfish for me because yeah. <laughs> yeah. like I get to learn, I get to yeah. learn from it and, uh, it makes me, it's almost like therapy for me almost. Yep, completely relate to that. Exactly. Same with me. I love seeing how different people have like the different full processes. And the one interesting thing I found is everyone gets to a point with the disability where like, they almost accept it's a strong word, but like it gets to a point where you're a lot more comfortable with it because you've just gone, look, it is what it is. I can't get around it. So I've got to just go through it. Um, and it's really interesting that journey when that happens, I found really interesting in because it there is no like strict pattern. It's very much, it just happens on an individual to individual basis. So it's really, I completely get that. Like I love seeing people's different journeys, particularly different age ranges. Like I love talking to someone older that's gone, oh wait, no, I went through that ages ago and this happened yeah. to me and then this happened mm -hmm. to me. And mm -hmm. it's really interesting, really interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting because where I grew up, like I didn't see any really blind people you know, I didn't know any blind people beside my mom. And so like, for example, just even meeting and making friends with, you know, men with RP, it was, was something new for me. You know, yeah. what, how does like a, a, a man adapt to this, you know, someone with kids, how does a father, you yeah. know, adapt, you know, and just these different perspectives that, you know, I needed to hear because all I had was my mom's perspective and, you know, and we, we, we grew up in this, or we lived in this, you know, small North Carolina town where there wasn't much of like a blind community or there, as far as I know, you know, so it was yeah, like, yeah. I, I kind of had like, you'd have to like seek it out and like social media and like the internet changed the game for that. And, I, um, you know, and, and then it's like this remote, like recording is, is a game changer too. But yeah, I, I definitely like needed to, to like. I think it was like a necessity for me to like find these other people's stories. Cause it, I, I was driving myself kind of, you know, loony, you know, yeah. with the, with the, with the what ifs, you know, like what yeah. if, what if, what if, or how's yeah. this work? How's this work? Yeah. How's this work? So 
that's the beauty of you know just asking people who have already gone through it <laughs> yeah definitely and like the thing is as well you learn faster the more you speak to people that have been through it you're going to learn far quicker than they did because they didn't have they might not necessarily have had the equivalent of them when they were little so or yeah, the, when they started yeah. their journey so like it is the more information we share the easier the journey becomes and it's just yeah and like you say i think visually impairments one of the ones where it's not spoken about as much as it should be because i think it affects a lot more people than people realize i mean a large percentage of us have some visual impairment because we wear yeah. some form of glasses or specs yeah. and 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 like that's that's the thing why does no one speak about that's why that's why yeah that's why it makes it so confusing for people you know there's like this common phrase you know in the blind community that blindness is a spectrum Mm. you know which you hear a lot these days when it comes about basically anything but in terms of you know blindness if someone says they're blind most people in society think you know lights out that you can't see nothing it's just pitch black but I think like 90% of, you know, people who are considered blind still have some remaining vision, whether it's like light and, you know, shadows kind of moving or, you know, something there. Um, so in terms of that spectrum, you know, with RP, it's like my peripheral vision is kind of closing in. And then at nighttime, my eyes don't adapt, you know, well to light changes. So people with RP experience what's called night blindness. So there's all these different versions of like, can see, can't see, you know, I I can't see that, but I can see this. And, and then you throw in like me, I wear glasses, right? So it's like, I have like, I need corrective lenses, but it has nothing to do with my, you know, retinized pigmentosa. So it's like, I'm visually impaired with glasses, but then I'm also visually impaired with my retinized pigmentosa. So what what which is which you know yeah yeah Yeah. and then so i think just overall i think you know it just confuses people it even confuses people who are legally blind because like because legally blind for those who don't know is like you still have you have 20 percent of your field of vision or less um so you know the normal person has like 180 degrees you know field of vision so legally blind is 20 or less or with corrective lenses. It's like you see like 2200 or something like that, that, um, but you can still see, right. So like you could have 15 degrees of vision left, you know, which would be like, you know, something like this. Yeah. So like I could still see you, you know, on the computer screen, but like if you're walking down the street, like you're going to bump into people and, you know, you're going to yeah, trip yeah. over things on the ground and you and you're going to use a white cane to help you not trip over things on the ground you're going to use a white cane to kind of signal to others that you are visually impaired but guess what you might check your gps on your phone to see how to get somewhere and then someone will be like yo you're faking yeah yeah so it's just confusing because like it's like you're technically legally blind but you're still looking at things you're still using your phone you're still you know out in the world so I think, you know, society's expectations, they see a white cane, they just think that person can't see. So it makes even people with some usable vision, like not even want to use, you know, canes or anything like that, because they're, they're afraid, like they're going to get called 
you know, faker, yeah. fakers. It's, you know. it's similar to like, so I don't know if you've heard the term, but it's like um, ambulatory wheelchair users. So ambulatory wheelchair users are ones that use wheelchairs some of the time don't and yeah, around yeah. other times. Um, they have the same thing. So it's like, oh, I can't sit in my wheelchair because if someone sees me stand up to get something off the shelf, they're going to go, oh, you're not actually disabled. And it's like, yes, I yeah, am. Exactly. I just, I can't do long distance i can do mm-hmm. for five ten minutes but that's it but people just yeah. have this thought that oh if you're disabled you've got to fit this stereotype of that or if you're blind you've got to yeah. fit this stereotype of that when actually it varies no matter what disability it is and people need to start grasping that yeah see like that's kind of perfect example like you know that crossover where I, you know the cane and the ambulatory, you know, it's, it's all kind of, it's all one thing, you know, that's, that's kind of why, you know, I I love talking to people, you know, with all sorts of different types of disabilities because there's so much crossover, but yeah, people love the, you know, putting you in a nice little box, you know, I think it's, people like simplifying things and it helps them not have to overthink, you know, you know, when they're in the grocery store or whatever, they don't want to, you know learn learn yeah <laughs> and, I th- and i think and I th- but then again i think the box the like pe- putting people in a box works from a learning perspective of like teaching someone the basics of each like sure e- each yeah. subsection of a disability but they need to really open their eyes and say look this is just a like really broad example not everyone not everyone with cerebral palsy is the exact same not everyone who's visually impaired is the exact same not everyone who's autistic is the exact same. We're all different, same as anyone else. But it's good from a learning perspective of going, this is something to look out for so that you sort of know how to approach conversations or how to interact with that person or how that person may need support. But that isn't saying every person, like I can do certain things, other people can't. So like, don't, it's more of a teaching experience than, oh, this is the rule for everyone. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Everyone's different, you know, and that's kind of why I do like that phrase, you know, blindness is a spectrum, you know, cause it's like, you know, everyone's like in terms of RP, like if you just put RP on a spectrum, you know, you have people who are completely blind from it. And then you have people like me who could get around New York city without a cane, you know? So it's like, you know, so it, it's a very, you know, differs from person to person and then there's people who are who are completely blind you know from rp at like age 18 and then you know i just interviewed a musician named marcarelli you know he's in his he's in his uh 40s and he just got diagnosed with it so it's like so it's like it doesn't matter your age it doesn't matter like it doesn't discriminate you know it's like so you can't really be like what age are you with rp and you can kind of guess because there's an average like on average like rp people with RP are legally blind by the age of 40, but that's, you know, that's just the average, you know, it's not the case every single time. It's really interesting. You said about like, obviously living in New York and navigating New York without a cane Uh, as a, as a stereotype, you would have thought that New York would have been a very, it's like London. I would not want to go through London. I mean, I hate going through London as a wheelchair user, let alone being visually impaired. Like it would, it would mess with me. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird. And, and it's like, I moved here specifically to use the subway, you know, because I didn't want to drive anymore. I, I basically gave up driving because mm-hmm. I would be driving in North Carolina 
and you know cars would appear in front of me and things like that when out of nowhere and it just kind of yeah. was jarring and i and i definitely didn't want to drive here because you know how many pedestrians are out and whatnot so it works against me and for me like in large crowds for example like i can follow person's head in front of me and know and know that if i long as i follow their feet or their head <laughs> that I'm not going to trip over something because they didn't trip over something. Yeah. yeah. You know, or, so it's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like they do the, 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 the work for me. Yeah. You know, that's, it's kind of how it was with driving, you know, on the highway, it'd be, it was easy on the highway because I could just, you know, yeah. get behind the car in front of me, lock, lock eyes with that car. And I was good to go. You know, yeah. it's kind of like that with people here in New York city. So sometimes when I'm like, there's nothing around, that's when I get a little uneasy because like, for example, if I'm walking down a side, a sidewalk and there's, I don't think anyone's there. Those are the times where I actually run into people and yeah. it, and it's like really confusing for them because they're like, yo, how'd you not see me? I'm the only person out here. And then it actually startles them. They like think I'm going to, yeah. I'm trying to like rob them or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but if I bump into someone in a large crowd, it's like, it's kind of just like, you know, par for the course. It's just kind yeah. of expected. So yeah. it's kind of like bumping into someone in a bar, you know, yeah. you know, which used to happen to me a lot and it still does, but it's like, oh, sorry. You know, people just assume like, oh, you're a little tipsy or whatever. So crowds kind of help, you know? Yeah, I can relate to that. The amount of people when I'm in bars that trip over me, because obviously I, where I'm sat in a wheelchair, I sit lower than everyone else. So the amount of people, oh, sorry. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm not exactly small. How did you miss me? Oh, I, I, that, see, it's probably me, dude. I probably ran into you. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's worse when they do the fall, like, fall on top of you. That's when I'm like, whoa, oh, dude. dude. Like, dude. I've done that before. I was in a park and it was like summertime and people were like, had like blankets out and I was walking to the bathroom and I just walked clear into someone's full on blanket with like three dudes sitting on a blanket and I fall trip over, fall on top of them. And they look at me like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? And then I got to, and I don't, since I don't use a cane, there's no like way to like, they, they have no clue. Like that I'm visually impaired. They just think I'm some idiot who like fell on them. <laughs> So then I, so I literally pulled the drunk car. I'm like, oh, sorry, man. I'm just fucked up. And then I get up and leave and I felt so embarrassed. But like, I think, you know, you got to be very quick to apologize in those situations or else yeah. these people get real fucking pissed at you. Yeah. And yeah. 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 And it's, always, it's the same here. Like, I think and if you live in a major city, it's always the same. Like, people get pissed off so quickly. It's like, chill. Honestly, chill. Like. The worst thing is, I always say, if you go to the north of England, everyone's really nice. Everyone's got loads of time. You make a mistake, no yeah. worries. London, no. Everyone's got somewhere to be. We got. I will be there yesterday. I haven't got time for you. Like, yeah. it's it's kind it's, of funny because when I'm in London, since I live in New York City, everyone's every, in my mind. Everyone's like the nicest people. I'm like, oh, how nice. And I'm like, how nice. Like someone held the door for me in London, and I was like, that's like something that would happen in North Carolina. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But yeah, I can see it from your perspective because it's like, you know, it's 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 going from, you know, more, I would assume you're like, what, more suburban? Yeah, it's not even that. It's just basically where it's like the major city of the UK. It's the, it's like, it's like the business capitals. Everyone's got somewhere to be. They've got, they're late for a meeting. They're late for work. They're late for the tube or the 
subway. And mm. whereas up north, everyone's got a bit more time. Everyone's a bit yeah. more like, yeah, if I if I'm late, I'm late. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like I always related to like, so I need uh, a ramp to get onto the the train to. Yeah. And like, if I do that in London, you ask for the ramp, and you're like, sir, can I get can I get the ramp? And it's like, oh, do I have to? And you're like. It's, it's your it's your job, like, and also I need to get on this, but I need to get on this train, and then you go up north, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll get you right. Oh, you've only got one minute. Nah, no, it's fine. We'll get you on. We'll get you on. We'll stop the drivers. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, yeah. It's funny because like, things that are accessible doesn't mean that the pe- the people who made them accessible enjoyed making it no. accessible. <laughs> no. Um, it's funny i always think like so there's a disability event that goes on in the north of england um every year and it's a one big major space and then so everyone gets the train up there because it's the easiest way and i remember speaking to the assistant staff and going like you're right man he's like yeah yeah, i'm all good um i'm so glad that you picked a slightly later train because i've just done about 200 transfers onto the train and i was running up and down the platform and i was like Wow. And the worst thing is I sat there and went, if that happened in London, people would just go, I'm not doing it. (laughs) I'm not not doing it. Whereas he's just one guy running up and down this platform, like can't breathe. He's like getting everyone on the train. That guy sounds cool. He was. He was really cool. He was like, basically he took the shift because everyone else didn't want the shift. So he was like, no, I I, want to help people and get you guys on the train. The rest of them were like, no, I can't be bothered. Yeah, right on. <laughs> not many, not many people like that. Nah, but it's interesting. Like as I say, I would have thought going into uh, like a big, busy city would have been really hard being someone who's visually impaired. But like you say, it's like whole. You've got someone to follow. Where so if you're just in a wide open space, you kind of yeah. It's kind of like if I'm walking in a grassy field, I'm more likely to sprain my ankle because there might be like a random hole that I don't see. You know. Yeah. So it's it's little things like that, but I do, as someone from North Carolina, like I do love more like, you know, peace and quiet in nature. Um, so that was another thing too, is just like, not only is like, I was it like different in terms of what I could see, but it's different in vibe completely, you know, New York City compared to, you know, where I grew up in North Carolina, which is like the South, you know, like, yeah. like the world you know south so do you find um that like some of your other senses because a lot of people i've spoke to that are visually they've said that their other senses have got stronger because they're more reliant on them yeah i mean it's funny i've been asked that before and i i'm like i think so but it's like how would i know because yeah. I, I never had any yeah. any yet but it's like for hearing like my sense of hearing i feel like is better because when I'm out walking my dog and I need to cross the street, it's almost like I can, I can hear if it, a car's coming. Yeah. And I'm usually right. Like even if a car's like maybe 40 feet away, I can hear it and I'll be like, car's coming and I'll chill and watch it go by. And then I'll cross the street. But as far as like, you know, my smell, sense of smell is pretty, pretty trash, honestly. <laughs> and my hearing, I'm probably ruining it with all like how loud I listen to music and yeah, same. Um, so, but, exactly the same. but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, 
let's just say yeah let's just say yeah yeah. i'm just gonna say yeah all my all of my senses are heightened (laughs) and um i spidey tingle yeah yeah, i'm tingling (laughs) right now actually (laughs) um no but it's the same i suppose it's the same as when people go to me what's it like to be in a wheelchair and i'm like i don't know (laughs) yeah what's it like to walk yeah (laughs) um (laughs) As a visually impaired person, do you experience much like ableism? I think when it comes to ableism, I would say I experience it personally from just, again, kind of the being misunderstood, you know, because it's like, or I'll hear other people, you know, talk about disabilities or or friends will say some things and you know you know crack you know blind jokes and all that so it's like i'm fine with jokes you know as long as they're like clever and like actually good good jokes yeah you know but it's it's kind of like um i don't know it's all it's if you're like saying like a joke that's been said a thousand times i'm like It's like the one you're gonna get a speeding ticket on that thing. Shut. Oh up. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like the classic like dad joke, you know. Yeah. Like, and they're just yeah. like ah, <laughs> you know. And and I, you know, I get where people are coming from when they make jokes like that. Like I think they're they're that's their attempt at breaking the ice, breaking the ice, and kind yeah. of acknowledging like you know what would be there like what they perceive as the elephant in the room, like, Oh, I must address this. And, <laughs> yeah. But deep, but in reality, it's like, you just don't have to address it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have the, do you have the same setup with your like inner circle? Like I always say, like there's the jokes that my inner circle can say, but if someone says it outside of the circle, it's like, what the, what did you just say? Did you really? Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I think my friends are still getting accustomed to it. You know, I think they're afraid to even make jokes because, you know, they might see that I have a podcast or whatever and just kind of assume that I'm sensitive about it. And, you know, for the most part, like the disability community is to me like over overly sensitive. Yeah, I agree. And that's why that perception exists. It's like, well, I can't make fun of that because that most people don't fuck around with it. They're like, you can't say that. You can't say that. Um, but my, so I think my friends don't really bring it up, you know, uh, family doesn't really bring it up. And I, I had a guest talk on about, he, he uses humor a lot to kind of, Me too. he's a motivational speaker. And, uh, I, I kind of, it kind of clicked to me then that like, I don't really make fun of myself either. You know, yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I, I, it's like, I think in terms of phases, you know, how you talk about where people are at on their journey. Yeah, it kind of clicked with me that oh shit, like I take, I take this really seriously because I don't joke about it, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I and I still don't, you know. It's weird. I think I'm still figuring out how to like accept it. Honestly, how yeah, you feel about it? Yeah, that makes sense. yeah. So in the so when I'm in this phase that I'm in, like I don't make jokes. I don't make yeah. jokes about myself, but if I hear a blind joke, like it triggers something in my brain in the sense like, Oh, let's hear, let's hear how, let's hear if this is good or not. But I, 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 I tense up, you know? 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. But it, I don't want to. I want to get to the point where I'm, I'm making fun of myself and I don't get so tense, you yeah. know, around conversations around it. But I'm not like I said, yet. I think it will come. I mean, I suppose I had a very different journey of always. I was I had my condition from four weeks old. So I've grown up as a wheelchair user. I've grown up in a very like, for want of a better word, very sarcastic household. So like, yeah. there's a lot of that flying around and I'm the first person, like I was in the office the other day at work and um, one of my colleagues went, oh yeah, I'm going out for a walk and without flinching up and yeah, I wouldn't know what that's like. And the worst <laughs> thing is I do it without realising I've just said it and to people who yeah. aren't used to that, they're like, what what, what do I do? Like, do I laugh or I, yeah. I don't know how to react? <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I had to go to the colleague like, you can, it's fine. You can laugh. I actually did. I didn't think before I said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, go, I think the reason why people get shocked like that is because they, they don't expect it. I think people, you know, again, putting people in disabled people in boxes, it's like, they expect us all to be miserable and like, you know, yeah. so they probably expected like you were being sarcastic and funny, but they probably thought like, you were being like, oh, I wish I could walk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but yeah. you were just making a joke, you know. But no, it's like, it, it confuses people. Yeah, It's like what you said earlier, though. Like, um, so you said about, like, sometimes the several community can be very sensitive. And that's actually what caused me to make up the brand that I've got now with Not Quite Politically Correct. Because my stance yeah. was always, yeah. like, I always bring a bit of humour to it. Like, I'll, I'll always joke around about it. I mean, I've covered every topic you can think of when it comes to my disability, I try to be as open and as friendly and as funny as I possibly can. I don't know how much the funny worked, but <laughs> here we are. Um, but yeah, and I think that's the thing is like, then you're opening the door to the able-bodied community saying, come in and learn something that you didn't maybe know, but it's a free judgment zone. Like everyone, because I think that's the biggest fear for able-bodied people. It's like, oh, but if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to look bad or he's going to be really offended or I don't want to upset yeah. him. Whereas I'm like, look, we've all, no matter whether you're disabled or not, you've all said something where you've thought afterwards, oh, wow, I should not have said that. Whoops. But yeah. you just deal with it. You go, my bad, sorry. I know that was completely not the right thing to say. And you move on. And that's what I try and I try and do is like bridge that gap between the sensitive part of the community and the ones that for one of them don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, that, that's the way we need to get to just to, like you say, accept where people are in their journey, because if you're not there yet, that's fine. You will get there and just come yeah. to, yeah, you just get there eventually. But yeah, it's an interesting thing. I always find it really interesting to want to guess about like their perception of the several community. Cause I worry, worry I worried it was just me thinking, oh my yeah. God, am, am I the odd one out that I, well, that's I why I came on. Yeah. That's why I came, because I was like, okay, not quite politically correct. And I was like, this sounds like it'll be fun because sometimes I'll go on different podcasts and even my own podcast, which I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'll get into in a little bit, but it's like, you really can't say anything that you, you want to. It's like, you really, that like, I'll just, for lack of a better word, there's like the disability community is pretty, pretty woke, you know? Yeah. 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 So it's pretty politically correct and they don't, and it's, and it can be 
what I, you know, to use another buzzword, you know, toxic positivity, you know. So if you're not like saying something that's, you know, inspirational or self-loving or whatever, um, or you're not complaining about ableism or something like that, then no one really wants to hear it. You know, if you're just kind of like, like, uh, like I have a friend named Joe Such and he has a YouTube channel and I've inter- interviewed him and, you know, he's a really funny guy, but he doesn't, he gets like turned down from other podcasts a lot because he's like so politically incorrect, you know? Yeah. So people are almost afraid to talk to him. And even, yeah. even when I interviewed him, he like threw, he threw me a bunch of curveballs and I was like, damn, I never had to face this as a host. Yeah. And because he just was like keeping it real in terms of like saying things like, you know, you know, non-disabled people don't want to date disabled people or they view disabilities as red flags, you know, anything that's kind of like, yeah, not what you typically hear, you know, that's not like, let's welcome everyone. Everyone's the same, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Like if it's not sunshine and rainbows, I think a lot of disabled creators, you know, influencers, YouTubers, you know, whatever it may be, they, Mm -hmm. they, they cut that out. They edit, they edit that part of the conversation out. Um, and I like to keep it in, you know, I I think that stuff, you know, I think that stuff grounds everything, you know, keeps you living in reality. I think it's great to be hopeful and to kind of love yourself in in that way, but you don't want to be in la la land either. You know, I think, you know, so yeah. Uh, I kind of went on a rant there, but yeah. No, it's all right. I completely, I completely get it. And it's like when people go to me, oh, you do all this stuff for for disability and the separate community, but do you really think we're going to get there? And like, do you really think we're going to get to somewhere where you don't have to fight to get on a train? You don't have to fight to get the job jobs that you want. Do you think we're going to get there? And I'm like, I'll point blank and say, no, we aren't going to get there in my lifetime. I'm going to die before we get to that point. Oh yeah, but and see. What I was saying, like, that's interesting because it's like, that's like a real tangible thing that you can obtain. Like accessibility is so interesting to me because like, that's like a new invention can kind of solve that or, Mm. you know, rules and regulations, you know, can solve those. I think what's, what that's like, there's two different avenues. It's like, there's like the tangible accessible things like you're talking about. And then there's like, the mindset of, you know, the non-disabled society, like how they view disability and the people who have them. That's, you know, where I wonder, that's where I wonder if anything will change, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I I get that. I think it's really hard. I think it's, I I think we can definitely make a dent, but there's always going to be there. Like there's always going to be the people with the archaic view that disabled people should be locked in a room somewhere and like chained to the wall and yeah, not, not reproduce and all that, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's like, it's kind of depressing when you think about it like that. I think that's kind of why, again, keeping it real works in your favor. Like if you kind of accept that, you know, society is likely not going to accept you, then you're not surprised when they do when, I mean, when they don't, you know, so you kind of, you go into life with this kind of expectation and you don't always just get like, you're not always just scratching your head and like, but on social media, they talk about how, 
everyone is accepting. And on social media, they said that you're supposed to talk to disabled people like this, but that person didn't do what that <laughs> that little carousel suggested that they do. It's like no one's re- – and the thing is it's yeah. like this giant echo chamber. It's like no one but disabled people are following these disabled creators. Like for the most part, it's kind of sad, but like, you know, it's like – it's like, it's this, it's just this giant like cycle of like, oh, I have a, I'm a disabled influencer. I'm going to post these tips, but like their followers are disabled. They already know the tips. So like, yeah. how do you get those tips into people like the, it's like, and that's kind of what I think is cool about keeping it real is you might actually get some non-disabled people as my, as your audience. And like, yeah. and I, I feel like that's what you do with your podcast is like, you're, you're talking to it's like whatever you talk about it's interesting you know yeah. and if it's interesting and it's then it's interesting to anyone and that's kind of one of my goals is like you know because i'm kind of part of both worlds you know i'm like yeah i'm i'm heading more towards into the disabled world as, as my vision you know gets worse over time but like my past and part of my present even you know where i'm at in terms of my that spectrum of rp you know, I, I pass as someone who's non-disabled. Um, so it's a weird middle ground that I'm in. So I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of trying to balance the two and it can kind of fuck with my identity going back to your, you know, you calling it a mind fuck, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to talk to everyone because it's like, I don't want to just be like that toxic positivity, you know, yeah, yeah, but then person. as we as we've said that if we can be that that bridge between two worlds to say that's my thing is I want to be able to show that the disability world isn't this scary world where everyone's screaming and shouting because yeah. someone said something that's wrong. I'm more saying, look, this is what's going on. These are the main issues we've got going on. Let's find yeah. a solution. And that that does sound a bit like la la lound oh my god we're gonna fix everything but i'm more trying to be like okay the more people i can get to open their eyes and go oh oh okay this actually helps everyone then the more likely they're gonna be to go oh let's let's actually do that let's let's stop just ignoring it and let's do it because as as you said it's like people often watch my content because most of the time i'm making a dumbass of myself throwing myself on the floor doing things like that and like but that's for everyone else. It's that whole thing of like, I love that little thing in the back of able-bodied people's heads. Like, I really want to laugh at this, mm-hmm. but I can't. And then I'm like, yes, you can. Because guess what? No one else can see you right now. You're just looking at your phone. So yeah. just laugh. Yeah, you, you're relatable. You know, and I think I think when you come at it with like a protesty kind of tone of like you have a megaphone and you're like, five facts that you should you know, to be five ways that you can be less ableist and it's like number one don't you you know <laughs> use first person language or whatever yeah. person first i that just doesn't work in my yeah. in my in my opinion it in fact i think it makes people roll their eyes they're like here we go again it, you know here we go again it's just another you know thing but i think you know the the, the creators that i like like yourself it's like you know you're keeping it real in the sense like you're relatable, you're personable, you're making fun of yourself. And, you, you know, not everything that you talk about is about, you know, cerebral palsy, you know, yeah, or whatever, you know, it's like, it, it's, 
it's like you're a person, you know, it's like, I, you know, that's, that's, that's your personality, you know, yep. I think some people are like their disability, like personified, you know? Yeah. And I think that, that, that's always a weird one. Like that's a weird one because like, cause your disability is such a large part of your life. It can take over. And like a lot of my comedy and stuff comes from my disability, but like, I think there's just a fine line of like, at the end of the day, I have other interests. Like it's not just all, Oh, look at the new wheelchair I've got. Like I'm into sports. I'm into music. Yeah. Um, I have my own, my own things that I'm into and it doesn't all revolve around. Yeah. Oh, look at this really cool piece yeah. of mobility aid that I've got. No. Yeah. <laughs> Cause guess what? Most people don't give a fuck. <laughs> I got, I got, yeah, a new, I got a new wheelchair recently and I was showing my colleague at work and she's like, Oh, cool. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the mobility stuff. Like, you know, maybe some of your followers who you know use wheelchairs might be like, "Oh, that's fucking sick, dude! That yeah. wheelchairs, that feature's dope, dude! That I need that." You know, but yeah. for the most part, it's like, cool. you know, even even me who I have a disability centered podcast, I, I'm gonna just fucking scroll right past that one because <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't need it. What do I need to know about a wheelchair for? Yeah. You know, so, but it, you know, it's, it's kind of having this niche audience, you know, and like how you talk to them. And, uh, yeah, I just think that, you know, just being, being a real person and is the way yeah. to be. Going back to your podcast, what made you want to start a podcast? Well, it's like when, whenever I, you know, I call it like I came out someone with RP cause like I hit it for so long. So, mm. you know, like I worked you know, I came out when I was 27 as someone with retinitis pigmentosa, but I knew I had it since I was 12, like I said. And so from from age 12 to 27, I kind of had the secret. And I would tell people super close to me, but I wouldn't talk in depth about it. Like if I, I would like, if you were like a serious girlfriend of mine, like, yeah, you would know I had RP. But to them, it wasn't shit because it's like, I still saw, you know, very well. So it was like, oh, this it's this thing that's gonna affect me down the road. And they're like, oh, we're and in their brain, yeah. they're like, well, we're 17, we're you know, we're yeah. 24 or whatever. Yeah. You know, it, we're it's miles like away. Miles away. So I don't it didn't really register. It wasn't like this big thing, but like like it is now. But when I came out as my to my employer, you know, when I was moving to New York, I basically sat down with my employer at the time and was like, hey. I have this thing called retinitis pigmentosa. It's affecting my vision. I'm moving to New York city. I have to, I'm going to quit this job. And it was very scary, you know, like, cause I was finally going to be kind of, everyone's going to know this, what I looking back on it weirdly, I weirdly now think, why did I keep it a secret? But I did, I kept it a secret all those years. Um, and, you know, I made this post on Instagram where I announced that I was moving to New York City and that I had retinitis pigmentosa. And I got all this, like, really great feedback from it. You know, a bunch of comments and love and people sending me text messages. And it felt like this huge weight off of me. Yep. And that's when it kind of clicked with me that, like, keeping secrets in and not being open is, like, not good for you, you, your mental health at all. And, and, and whether I like it or not, I'm going to have to deal with RP and whether I like it or not, I'm going to be legally blind one day. So I better fucking learn about it versus, you know, having my head in the sand, yeah. you know? So 
I wanted to kind of ride that wave of being open. So, you know, plus I love podcasts. So I kind of was like, this is the perfect kind of thing to do, especially, you know, the pandemic when everyone's locked inside, you know, I started doing these remote recording sessions just like this and, and I haven't stopped, you know, and I, I just keep growing and loving it even more. And what's kind of neat is, uh, you know, I still feel like I'm still learning about myself and this podcast is kind of helping me. Yeah. It like forces me to, you know, yeah. like, so that's kind of yeah. why I started. Yeah. Same here. Like it forces you to like look at a situation differently. Like I've had, like we were just discussing, I've had guests that are very similar to me and very laid back and, and very tongue in cheek and like to have a laugh. But then I've yeah. had others that are a little bit more ad- advocacy. I call it like a little bit more of that ilk, but then it's really yeah. interesting interesting to see their their reasoning behind it and some of their values behind it because then it's round more made my view more rounded of oh actually i might want to have another think on this and think how my view actually is flawed versus their view so it's really really yeah. interesting yeah it is very interesting all the different viewpoints you know i have like you know i'm, I'm in the, i'm in the 80s now in my episodes so it's like my my variety of guests has been you know, really, you know, here's a, here's a little joke for you. Eye opening, you know? <laughs> so it's, you know, the, these, the variety of perspectives has changed my view completely. And it's also confirmed a few views of mine too. It's like, sometimes you have this thought, but you're like, I don't know, but I don't know if that thought's real. Yeah. But then, then you hear it enough times mm-hmm. and you're like, it must be real because I've literally you know, 75% of the people I interview confirm it. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of nice just to get confirmed, you know, and, and, and then if you have a question, you can talk about it to someone. And it's like, and for me as a host, it's weird because, you know, and I think that's kind of what makes my podcast, you know, different is I'm coming at it from someone newly diagnosed with a disability coming for me you know, versus someone with, you know, right now living like they're in, in the now, you know, with their disability. Um, and sometimes I, you know, I feel like, why does anyone listen to me? Cause I'm not part of this community, but I am part of this community. Yeah. Um, so I, I've kind of had to just like, that's another, it's like, it kind of, it's kind of teaching me. My podcast is teaching me like, yo, you are part of this community. You know, yeah, just it's you're, you're just like, yeah. So, for someone like me who's kept it a secret for so long, and my personality so private, and I'm I'm pretty introverted. It's like I kind of have to force myself, or I'm going to be, you know, in my apartment all day, just kind of, you know, Wallet. thinking of, yeah, thinking of like, oh man. I'm not going to be able to do this for forever and blah, 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 and, like, yeah. and it's fine. I, I can get in those cycles, but I, it takes like actual effort for me to like not be in that kind of cycle of like, like a spiral of, you yeah. know, spiral of negative thought, you know? But then like, I've had that, like I've had, I remember I was out the other day and some guy comes up to me and goes, can I just ask you a question? You're like, yes, yeah, sure. It's like, how are you so happy? And I'm like, excuse me? 
<laughs> what do you mean? He's like, well, like you got everything going on, like your wheelchair user and all that, like, um, but you're like, you're, oh, you're happy. You've got your girlfriend. You got this, that, the other. And I'm like, the thing is, like, that's just me on this given day. Everyone has up and yeah. downs, and the thing that people need to remember is, like, everyone has that. Everyone has their up and downs, but then also there's an added layer whenever someone's got a disability or some form of condition, because there's going to be days where the condition creeps up on you and mind fucks you to to keep the trend going and it goes like whoa like you can think oh yeah i'm gonna have a great day and then one thing can just knock you and that's it that can be you for a week oh yeah you know that's that's perfectly said you know that's just you that day you know and some people on average are like that you know but they're still gonna have that one off day you know where they're bummed out and you know i have friends with rp and they say there's some days they just don't even want to acknowledge it you know, they're just like, I don't, I don't want to talk about RP today, you know. Um, and then there's some days where, you know, they're like in advocacy mode and they're like, you know, online posting and all that. And, yeah. you know, and, and I, I kind of feel like that too, where there's some days where I'm like stoked to do my podcast. I'm like, yes, yeah, fucking do it. You know, let's have an interview. Yeah. Let's talk about blindness. And then there's some days where I'm like, I'm honestly bored with it. I'm like, can we talk yeah. about, can we talk about something else? And we talk about something yeah. like, <laughs> that's not, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, should I have, like, did I pigeonhole myself, you know, to just only talk about disabilities, you know, yeah. but, um, yeah, it just depends on my mood, you know, mm. and, but with that said, like to have that average days of, of being like pumped up and happy in a good mood, like that shit doesn't just happen. Like that takes yeah. like work you know, years and years of you, you know, you know, you know, processing, you know, your disability and how you think about it and how, you know, learning to adapt. So you feel more independent and all this, you know, learning how the world works for you. And the more like experience you get, the more confident you feel, which lets you be out of your head more. So it's like, it takes work. So it's like, you know, people think, and I think people in the disability community, do this is like they assume that you know non-disabled people don't they have it like cushy cushy lives yeah yeah and that guy was probably asking you because he's not happy you know yeah it's more with that situation it was more this guy was point blank point blank i was like hi and none of that like hi my name's charlie here's what yeah. i do or like none of that like he knew none of what I did or anything like that. Just yeah. more of like, why are you so happy? And I'm like, dude, is this how you introduce introduce to everyone you meet? Just so why yeah. are you not clinically depressed? I think he asked that because he's probably not himself. And I think, you know, people with disabilities need to remind themselves like we can be happier than we don't have to be like sad. You yeah. know, like we can be happy. You know, and it, sometimes it's like, you know, what I, what I was kind of mentioning is like, but you got to do the work, you know, it's not just, you're not just going to wake up happy one day and, and nor does anyone else without a disability do they just wake up happy. Like life's fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to like, try to be happy. Like, unless you just have that, you know, personality type where you're just like really flowery and like, you know, but like. 
But yeah, just for the most part, from my experience, most yep. people have to try really hard, you know, what, that, like to be happy. I mean, why do yeah, you think so many people are going to therapy now? Why do you think so many people, you know, are doing ice baths? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and all this weird shit. It's like, you know, why why are so many people addicted to you know drugs and alcohol? You know, yeah. well, you know, pe- because pe- people are are numbing themselves. You know, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. like so. It's just you got you got to work for it. You know, you're not just going to magically be happy. I think the interesting thing to put it in perspective, people, is like I was just thinking, when did I get to the point where, like, for want of a better word, I'd really started to beat that inner demon in my head. And I think it took me until I was about 19, 20 to really be like, okay, I think I've, I think I've figured this out. I think I figured out how to keep him at bay. But then you're always going to get days when they sneak back in and they're like, nah, you thought you got rid of me and I'm back. Oh yeah. That um, little devil on your shoulder, man. Yeah. It's horrible. Like, dude, I hate that devil on the shoulder. Like just what, what, why today? Like it will be the most important day. And you're like, seriously, we're going to do this today. Okay yeah yeah i don't know i guess like anxiety is trying to protect you from something and it's like it has good intentions it just sucks yeah, <laughs> yeah. not today um, yeah it's like nah bro we're good we're good we're safe we're safe today you don't have to you don't have to analyze everything you don't have to you don't have to make me think of that like bro yeah. i'm like i'm just sitting here editing like yeah. i'm just editing on my computer like don't make me think about that it's not doing anything it's not doing any good for me <laughs> yeah. oh don't so, the worst one for me is yeah. i've never had a great sleeping pattern and it will always do it at like 11 o'clock at night and i'm like dude why now why now i've got to get up at 5 a.m tomorrow morning do not do this to me now and then it's like now nah, we're gonna have we're yeah gonna have this conversation now and i'm like no no we're not <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know that's that's it's never yeah yeah it's always when you don't want it and i, I think for men like i think for men and you know, it's also like if you're getting late or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's like because I feel like a lot of problems with men, you know, with like incels and, you know, or, you know, it's just like it's feeling like not wanted by the opposite sex. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's a big thing for men. You know, it's probably it's probably the same for women too. You know, just you know, just flip the script. You know, but um, so you you know you you know having your girlfriend, you know having your fitness channel, you know all that's just like, you know, you're you're the fucking you're the man, dude. You know? <laughs> so that's so. kind of that's why that's why that guy was like, yeah, how you know. Yeah, I show think, me the way dude show me the, the way <laughs> really about like i think you're completely right because i think the really embarrassing thing to admit is like when i really started to pull into that like confident charlie was literally once i got with my partner and you had that like stability that yeah. like personally helps me it helps massively yeah it's like I, i'm recently married and i feel you know when i was younger i had this big concern you know, that no one would want to be with me because I was going to be losing my vision. Um, and it was just, you know, that was like my biggest fear, honestly. Mm-hmm. So now that like, I mean, I can't predict the future, but it's like I am married. So technically I'm in a good position, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, you yeah. know, have, st- have stability, you know, 
but you know, it, now, now I, it's going to be hard for now I have to deal with a new thing. It's like, all right, well, how does my wife going to feel whenever I am using a white cane, you know, and she has to learn to adapt and guide me around. And it's like, is she going to want to do that? So it never ends. You all, you just replace it with another thing. Yeah. But, um, again, you just gotta do, you gotta do the work and you gotta, sometimes you gotta knock, you know, the devil on your shoulder. You just gotta like flick them yeah, off, you flick know? them off and get, get on with yeah. it. Like as I, the voice I always have in my head is, um, just move it, move the, move the weight a uh, little bit every single day. So you gotta do, oh, get, yeah, yeah. get up and shift it. It doesn't matter if you're feeling it or not. Just, just try and get it done. And that's, that's the little voice in my head that every day I go, okay, you've just got to step forward or will forward in my case um, and do what we can. And th- there's a prime example of my, my sense of humor, but yeah. Um, but actually on that note, like how, um, if you don't mind me asking, how did your wife react when she told her and obviously the, the it all sunk in? Yeah, whenever, you know, we were dating, um, you know, you, it's all about timing, you know, which is probably for you. It's probably, you're probably right out the gate. Just, you know, talking about it probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but since for me, it's like, you know, in, in certain, you know, situations I see better than others. So like I could be slick and, you know, go to places that I'm really familiar with. I know the layouts and, you know, that's where we would go on dates and then, you know, if it's a restaurant, you know, it's pretty easy. I just got to, you know, talk to the person across from me, you know? <laughs> so yeah, you, you yeah. find little tricks of how to like not reveal like, you know, your hand of cards. Yeah. But then it's like, so, but like a month or so in, you're like, all right, things are going really well. I don't want to tell, you know, her too soon because then it's like maybe I'm making it awkward because I'm expressing like a long-term. Yeah. I'm, I'm expressing long-term interest, but it's too soon to express long-term interest. I don't want to scare, you know, her away, but then you also don't want to wait too long because she's going to be like, yo, you, why'd you like, like if I told my wife now, like after we're married, she'd be like, you held that from me and that's fucked up. So it's like, I kind of did it in this way. It's like, all right, well, I didn't know what to expect. So one night I just said, by the way, you know, I was really nervous. I was looking down at the ground, you know, <laughs> while I was talking, you know, and I was like, I have this, you know, eye condition, you know, called retinitis pigmentosa and uh, my mom has it and she's legally blind. Most people become legally blind. And I said, and, I, and then I texted it to her, even though she was sitting across from me, like the word retinitis pigmentosa, because it's kind of a tongue twister. Like, and I wanted her to be able to look it up. So I said, I texted you the name of it. You know, feel free to look, research it. I said, I suggest you research it, learn about it. And then I was kind of like, all right, now the ball's in her court, yeah. you know? And then she was like, even without researching, it was like, that's fine. You know, that's, that's, you know, yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't matter. I like, that doesn't matter to me. And I felt again, it's like, you know, going back to feel, being open, open, it's like that weight lifted off. I was like, that was just, yeah. 
you know, it's like kind of finishing like a public speech or something, you know, once yeah, you're, yeah. once you're done with it, you're like, Oh yeah, I feel so light, you know? So it's yeah. like, so that kind of, I had that feeling, I mean, it could have backfired on me. I don't know what I would have done if she was like, you know, if she was like, yo man, that's fucking stupid. I don't want to be with <laughs> no fucking blind guy, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know what I would have done, you know, but I guess move on to the next, but you know, she was very sweet about it and made me feel, you know, comforted and, and, uh, stable and she's been great about it, you know? And, and it's sometimes how good she is about it kind of makes me wonder, like, am I making it out to be something bigger than it is? You know, you know, yeah. cause she makes it feel small and I make it feel big, you know? Um, yeah. But then she, you're dealing with it on a personal basis. She's dealing it from, not a personal, but like, but it's internal with you. So there's internal yeah. stuff that's not, it's not with the other person. It's like the same, I had the same with my partner. She's like, oh, I, oh, yeah. And you're in a wheelchair. Oh, well, big shock. <laughs> it's, it's not yeah. like you could have hit it, but like, and that's the thing. It's like one of the things that annoys her. She always gets the whole, oh, well done you for dating. Like, like, thank you for dating the disabled guy. And he's like, she's like, you know, I didn't just be like, uh, do you know what? I'm gonna do my good deed for my whole entire life and just date this guy and just yeah. just be a nice person. She was like, "No, I generally like him. Like, I wouldn't not, I wouldn't be here if I didn't." She she gets quite offended by like, "Oh, well done you, well done oh, me for yeah. what?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think as men, like, you know, and and by the way, your girlfriend sounds awesome, but it's like, as men, it's it's weird for us because we have this like, you know, built in, alpha you complex. Know, yeah. It's like, we want to be, you know, the alpha we want to like, you know, be able to, you know, fuck someone up if, you know, they, yeah. they try to, you know, yeah. but it's like in reality with my vision, I'm probably not even going to see a punch and it's just going to fucking, I'm just going to get knocked <laughs> out, you know? So it's like, uh, so yeah, and, uh, <laughs> so it's like, I got to find other ways, like, you know, I, you know, your, your ego takes a hit, you know, as yeah. your male ego takes a hit and you got to find other ways to be masculine and that aren't so, you know, Obvious. you know, normal or, you yeah. know, like I still exercise, like I'm in, you know, decent shape and like, I'm pretty strong, I'm stronger than probably the average person my age. And, um, but it's like. I'm not, I can't like even something like driving, like I don't, I can't drive anymore. And I, that makes me yeah. feel like it's in the passenger seat. I'm like, <laughs> it makes me feel like a little yeah. kid, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, you know, having to be guided around. And if it's a restaurant, you know, you know, I, I'm the one, you know, my wife's leading me to the table, you know, and having to learn to be okay with that and not feel that she's judging me for it. You know, yeah, yeah. when she tells me that she's not judging me for it, I have to actually believe, believe her, yeah. you know, and that, that's where it gets hard. Cause you're like, you're, sometimes my wife will tell me something and I, in my brain. I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've been there. You know, I'm like, bullshit. You're just saying that cause it's nice. You don't want to yeah. be mean to me. So you're going to be nice to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that, you being nice to me, but I don't believe it. You know, yeah. there's just certain times where I don't believe it. You know, there's that demon on your shoulder again. It's like, oh, okay. 
like is yeah. that really the truth or is it just you being nice and and doing what you think a partner should do it's yeah yeah i don't know it's like i had this complex where it's like i don't want to have my head in the clouds but i also don't want to be like in the gutter yeah exactly yeah so yeah no i completely get that I, it's it's it, well it's similar to me like with you say about driving so like when you, my girlfriend had this discussion the other day because like i always do the driving and up until now she's been unable to be insured on my car and everything else so like yeah. she was like ah oh, but now i can like i can do the driving and i'm like in my head i'm like no no like a driving's like one of the my like you say it's one of the masculine jobs that i can do like you say, i'm yeah. not gonna fight off some dude I might run him over, but yeah. that's about the strength of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like driving is one of my things. And when I explained it, she was like, oh, oh, okay. I get, I get, okay. I get that. I get why you're so like, no, I'm going to drive. You know, what's so funny about that too is like, like my grandma drove a car. Yeah. You know? So it's weird. Yeah. How like, but it, I'm right there with you, man. I, I feel the same exact way. It's like, but at the deep down, it's like, there's like fragile little, little grandmas out there driving cars around big pickup trucks yeah (laughs) Yeah, especially where i'm from but so it's weird how we attach these things you know these masculine ideas ideas to things that you know but yeah i'm dude i'm right there with you i i I still think that you know i still i still get upset that i can't drive and and i get upset that 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 makes me feel not as masculine for some reason it's just one i can't get over as a driver what's the one what's one of the things that's given you like that for one of a better masculine comfort back like what's that one one thing that you can do that you're like okay that that scratches that itch um i'd probably say providing you know stability myself you know like having you know an income you know being responsible with my health and finances and, um, you know, being supportive of my wife's career and, you know, being that kind of that rock, you know, being her rock, you know, yeah. just kind of, you know, cause I feel like, you know, masculinity to me is stability. You know, it, it's like, the you know, can you be depended on? Are you, are you, is, are you changing every day or are you pretty consistent and you're, you, you know what you need to do, you know, to, to be there for the love, your loved ones around you, you know, um, and then you, and you, you follow through with it, you know, that's kind of what I try to, I just try to be there and do my part. And, you know, I also, you know, lift weights and exercise and that, you know, makes me feel capable and. Yeah. strong like that just kind of yeah. like the caveman part of me being like mm-hmm. lift weight yeah. be man you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then right. and then and then not to be like not to be like vulgar but like uh you know getting some doing, doing my part in the in the in the bedroom you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so it's like i mean i i can relate to that a lot because yeah. constantly get the whole can you do it I, Yes, yes, yeah. I can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I saw, uh, I saw your video on YouTube about it. <laughs> Honestly, the amount of family abuse I got for that video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's funny. I was watching it and I was like, I would have never made this because I would just be, I would just die knowing that someone saw that. Um, but I respected it. I was like, I respect it. You know, the worst thing is, I had my cousin who lives in Australia. She texts my sister like with a screenshot of it and goes, What the hell is this? And I'm like, Have you actually watched it? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, f- surprise, it's not a porno. It's just a fact. It's just facts. Uh, But yeah, like, yeah, honestly, I get that all the time. And people are like, and I think that's the main assumption with everyone saying like, oh, well done you for being with the disabled guy. Because I think that there's an element of that is that you're unable to do those things because you're disabled. And there's so many weird misconceptions when it comes to relationships and any form of condition or disability. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, I think it's just human nature to be competitive. I think we, we, we know that there's competition out there, you know, and it's hard to, you know, turn that caveman part of our brains off, you know, and just be like, Mm -hmm. it's like, I know, you know, my wife's attractive. Like I know she gets, you know, hit on and looked at, you know, so it's like, so you're like, all right, all right. Yeah, I know. I, I know you're out you. there. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. I know you're out there. Yeah. You, you, um, um, so it's just like that's just how it is, though. You know, that's how it is for anyone. You know, mm. so you but just then again, get used to coming, it. coming back to that masculinity thing, I kind of that there's that weird bit of me that gets a kick when that happens in my situation, and then she has to go. Yeah, it's the guy in the wheelchair, and they're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I don't like- oh yeah see that would pump me up that would make me feel like the like the man dude it does it, that is the random like adrenaline rush of okay that's pretty i, I like that <laughs> yeah because you know what it you know what it shows man it shows that like it shows that you have you know a certain sw- swagger to you to you that you know th- that you were you were able to like you know, not only that, but she, she's like loyal to you as well. You know, it's like, mm. it's like, yeah, you know, and it, it's like, and that's what people want, man. That's what yeah. I feel like. That's what men get jealous over is loyalty. So when, when, when you're, when you're like, your girl's like, you know, that's, you know, that's him over there. It's like, that's saying like, you know, this guy, you know, he, he pulled me and, and you can't, you know? Yeah. So I, it's just all that I'm la- I'm loud and funny. That's literally all it is. I'll carry a room. And I think that's why everyone goes, yeah, she's with him because he's loud and funny and she's loud and funny. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Bounce off of each other. No, that's awesome, man. And, you know, and it, it's like I had a guest on my podcast. His name is Jesse Chan. And he, he's, uh, he's a wheelchair user and he talks about how it, it works in his favor when he goes, cause he, he's like high confident kind of, kind of guy, you know, lots of like swagger. And he says yeah. that he says the wheelchair gives, gives, gives him attention, gets, gets him the attention. And since he's so good with his words and his confidence that it makes it actually easier for him because it's like people are coming up to him and then all he has to do is just do his thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is. I think there's, a, there's a certain, thing i think with some wheelchair users we have that like ability where we are often the uns 
the the outspoken ones because we're sitting down there's that element of like our vocal has to be the focus so like we have to be loud enough to be able to hold our own in a room because otherwise you just get swallowed up in the crowd oh you know that makes perfect sense you know and plus you, you you've had you've had to learn that from you know since you were young too so it's like a skill you've developed always been loud teachers used to always say you'd hear him before you'd see him <laughs> oh you get along with my wife man she's like <laughs> she her it's like her whisper is like i'm like natalie you need a whisper and she's like i am whispering <laughs> and i'm yes, like literally me. i can hear like on like she's the type of person like when she, i'm in my i'm in like the opposite room and she's like talking to her mom on the phone and I can hear every word and I can even hear every word her mom's saying because she gets that from her mom. Yeah. And it's it's just, you know, loud talking, you know, and I, I just got to get used to it. I'm literally, <laughs> I'm literally the same. Like I'm 90% sure it's about half 10 at night recording this. And I'm guaranteed that half of my family is sitting there outside. Like, when is this dude going to shut up? Uh, Uh, and on that note i should probably hit you with the last question because we've been recording for about an hour and you probably want to get back to your off it's uh about five o'clock with you now on it yeah let's see i think it is it is five five twenty seven look at that maths um (laughs) uh, so (laughs) i always say i always keep one question till the end and i did give you a heads up before the beginning of the episode so what's one piece of politically correctness that you really strongly strongly agree or disagree with. All right, all right. So yeah, Go one ahead. thing that I yeah, one one thing I would say, you know, I don't know how it is in, in the UK, but it's like people will associate you know, put you know, put you in a box for like even the people you listen to. So in it's like, like music or um let's just say like um podcasting you know like for example you know i i listen to like like i like joe rogan podcast yeah you know but like if if i publicly say that then you know a lot of people are like oh you must be a fucking conservative you know uh racist or whatever and i'm just like and i guess you know or i guess that like grouping me in based off of that like i guess annoys me it's like um, in terms of how, who you listen to reflects, you know, who you are. I mean, it does to a degree, but it's like, um, it's like, I, I, people forget that people have open minds. Yeah. And I can, I can hear Joe Rogan say something and disagree with him and I can hear him say something and agree with it. You know, it's just like, uh, I hate how, how, how divided and politicized everything is. Um, and that's just a prime example, you know, Joe Rogan, you know, cause he's pretty, you know, you hate, hate or love him, but, yeah. um, and, and, you know, and I, I say that because as a podcaster, you know, deciding what I want to talk about and what I should avoid or bring up, you know, it's like, I look to what's popular as yeah. the, as the example. So like, so if, if he's getting a lot of, if Joe Rogan, let's say someone, he's Joe Rogan's has the biggest podcast in the world. So if he's getting a lot of shit, then I'm like, as a small podcaster, I'm like, well, I can't talk about that because 
I'll lose my entire audience, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is small. Yeah. And it, it kind of, what it does is it makes me feel like I have to walk on eggshells and out of fear of losing my audience, you know, but it's like, uh, I guess that's my own personal thing, but I guess that would say that I, I would say that, um, just kind of assuming someone agrees with everything. Someone like, yeah, like someone probably assumes that because I listen to Joe Rogan that I agree with him on everything he's ever said. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, I think that, I think that's a common thing is like you it's like you might agree with a certain point that an individual makes and you you might agree disagree with another point yeah but, but because you've agreed with that initial point everyone's like oh but you accept everything he says and i'm like no that's not the case and similarly similarly to what you said like as a podcaster you kind of have to navigate this world of like what can you say what can't you say uh-huh. Is this going to offend someone? Like, I'm Derek, but the one day I'm going to say something and it's just going to bite me in the ass. But, yeah, exactly. But then again, for me, I suppose I always joke, and I joke about it, but internally I always lean on the name of the podcast and say, look, like, if I say something that upsets you, it's, it's, it's right there. <laughs> yeah, right there it's, in the title. Yeah. Um, but then also naturally as a human being, no one I don't want upset anyone. So like it's a really t- hard, hard line to toe for a better word. No, it is. Yeah, it's almost impossible. And that's kind of why I feel like I, I've kind of had to learn as a podcaster to not think about it and just say all I all my new rule is just be honest and be myself. So you know, people like me, they like me, they don't. And, you know, then at least they don't like who I actually am or they yeah, don't like a fake version of me either, you know, so. They um, don't have to listen. At the end of the day, you want listeners and people around you that actually value what you're giving and whether that be advice that you're giving or conversation that you had. You, otherwise, there's no value in it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess my point is like I I'm friends with everyone. I have like really like liberal friends. I have really conservative friends. It's like, you know, if you're a good person, like I'll be cool with you. Yeah. You know. So it's like people forget that. You know. Uh, I just don't like being grouped in. I don't like being completely, put in a box. Completely agree, and it takes me back to like my point. Whenever the topic of race gets brought up, I'm like, it doesn't matter whether you're pink, purple, black, blue, whatever. I always come back yeah. to the same thing of like. If you're not a nice person, you're not a nice person. It doesn't matter whether, it doesn't matter what color you are, you're not a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I mean, same, it, it's common sense, thing. but it's, yeah, it's common sense, but people would, some people would disagree with you, which is bizarre to me. Um, it's that naive, naivety, though, that we spoke about earlier. People don't understand because they've never sat with someone that's educated them on it. Yeah, it's the nuance, you know, there's everything has nuance, there's a gray area to a lot of things. And again, just like people like to categorize people, disabled people and putting them in this really simplistic box, I think, I think for the most part that that happens with everyone. And, you know, uh, so yeah, I just get kind of tired of that. You know, I like, you know, I wish people would just be like, not assume they know everything based off of my people that I listen to or whatever. But no, and also, I'll, 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 real fast, I'll say it. the blindness is a spectrum. I do believe that that's probably a politically correct thing. That's kind of a sunshine and rainbows thing that I, I do agree with completely. You know, the the spectrum of blindness. So, um, and I think it's a really good way yeah. as well to to explain it because there is so many yeah. levels to it as to 
the 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 level of an, how sorry I'm not explaining this very well. the the like amount an individual is impacted by it there is such a wide scale but then you could say the same thing about my condition you can get someone with cerebral palsy that's non-verbal or you can get someone that can walk around but has a limp so there's so many spectrums i think that's a yeah. good way to view a lot of disabilities is there's a spectrum because then it opens up the door to say look we're, there are so many different ways yeah that this can turn out exactly man exactly Simple. um Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, lastly, always give guests a chance to plug what they're doing, what they're working on, anything they want to shout about. Um, yes, yeah, so now is your opportunity. Yeah, so, you know, the number one way you can support me is to subscribe to my YouTube channel. You know, you can just, you know, you know, go on YouTube, type in the see-through podcast, you know, and you'll find me. Um you can visit seethroughpod.com and, you know, there I have merch, you know, I'll have links to a Patreon page, um, other podcasts that I've been on and, uh, links to ep- all the episodes I have out. Um, I'm on Spotify, Apple podcast as well. If you want to stream my podcast and, uh, yeah. And if you want to follow me on social media, the handle is at seethroughpod and that's S E E T H R O U. G H P O D. I always wonder. I'm always like, I'm going to misspell it one day, but yeah, I think I got it never it. gets easier, does it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome, bro. Thank, again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been a great conversation, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of value to our listeners. So thank you. I'm, uh, yeah, thankful you brought me on, man. And uh, I really enjoyed it. You asked really good questions. It's fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Not Quite Podcast. Please make sure you follow us on TikTok and Instagram to get regular updates about the podcast.